City Blacks. Oh, hello there. How are we? All my roaches, thank you so much if you came out in Bellflower to the stand-up comedy club. What a wonderful evening. I can't believe how many roaches came out in the cold and the rain. Out in Bellflower. I don't even know. If you put it a, put a map in front of me, I wouldn't be able to tell you where in the hell that is. I'm a, I'm a fucking idiot woman when it comes to that. I don't have any idea, but you figured it out, and you came out, and I appreciate it a great deal. Next up, as far as shows go, we are going to be... Uh, doing Bakersfield, California, continuing our California tour here. Bakersfield, California. Never been to this comedy club. It's called The Well, and tickets are on sale now. Go over to my Instagram at Josh underscore Potter, or you can go over to Twitter at J underscore Potter. The links are in the bio. Also on sale, Arizona, Chandler, Arizona, which is just a couple miles outside Phoenix there. Brand new comedy club, the Mike Drop Comedy Club, going to be there May 5th and 6th. Four shows, tickets on sale for that as well. Uh, everything else aside from that, remember, today is Wednesday. That is the new day of the show, so make sure you remember that uh, and you're not scurrying out on Tuesday going, where on earth is the program? Well, I told you, it's Wednesdays now, and I want to thank everybody for checking out the debut of our Wednesday programming with Mark Norman last week, the first ever Josh Potter show away game. And I got to give another big shout out to the Gas Digital crew over there, especially Mike Harrington. He's the man. Love that guy. Congrats on uh, the baby, which I don't even know if it's out yet, but it's, it was like coming out when I was there it was like ready to fall out so I mean it's coming soon and I congratulate you already uh, because I'm so happy for them but I want to thank also Louis J. Gomez and Ralph Sutton of course the operators and owners of Gas Digital for allowing the first ever Josh Potter show away game and thank you to Mark Norman for being the guest what a wonderful time that I had in New York hopefully you caught all the podcasts thank you to the Barstool guys KFC Vitalberg, of course, uh, Nick Hammy, and then uh, you got the Anus Boys, you got Rudy, Nick, KB, Mook. I mean, that was a, a blast of a podcast, maybe one of the most fun podcasts I've ever done in my entire life, and I've done a lot of them now at this point, especially when I was out in New York. And one that hasn't come out yet, I gotta give a shout out to my boy Stavros for having me on Stavi's World, so uh, look forward to that in the coming weeks as well. Did I miss anybody? Oh, thank you to Brittany Ledesma for having me on hers. And uh, beep, boop, beep. Oh, Zach Amico. Got to give him a shout out. I did so many gas digital shows that I uh, it blurred together. But at the end of the day, I had fun on all of them. So what a wonderful trip to New York. Hopefully you caught all those things. And uh, thank you to all the roaches who came out to shows at the stand. And thanks to Pat and Joe at the stand. That, that concludes our thank you portion of the program. <laughs> Uh, but boy, oh boy, did I have a great time in New York City. And we're back here inside the Roach Motel. Solo dolo this week, but we do have Kirsten here at our side. Kirsten went to her first NHL game. And yeah. you enjoyed it? I feel like there's been a fire lit inside me. It is. I encourage more people because when you see it on TV, it looks like chaos to some people. And people who watch sports have told me that over and over again. People who have... Uh, you know, watch they watch basketball, which I find to be, and I know you do as well. <laughs> but I always I find basketball to be. I don't know the I don't know what their plans are. I don't know where they're moving to on the court. I don't understand strategy in basketball. And then also I get annoyed with the foul trouble at the end. And like there's the like everyone says the last two minutes of football is like a half hour, but I swear the last like two minutes and it's like you're not going to win. So what are we doing here? We're just doing free throws. This is so boring. So that's my bitching about basketball. But <laughs> I I understand when people say hockey looks like chaos. I'm, I'm But, you know, growing up watching the sport, I, I know what the positions are trying to do and everything like that so I can watch a game. But I encourage everybody to go to a game because the atmosphere is electric. I mean, especially the L.A. Kings. They really do it up. They're here in Holly, you know, Hollywood, glitz, glam, the whole thing. Yeah, no, I mean, we I've done like... 
I don't know what division it is, but like Iowa has their uh, Iowa Wild, which is a smaller one, and it's fun. But I think that's the AHL. Yeah, yeah that's the minor leagues. But that's like a you're going to go in there, and it's going to be yeah. a bit more of a barn that mm-hmm. you're going to be in. It's not an arena, you know what I mean? Like an NHL game is a little more electric. But as a person fun. who loves the sport, I really do like uh, AHL hockey as well. It's fun. What was your favorite part? Um, I don't know. I think it's when people start to almost fight. I get really into it. That's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. I And like that's really weird coming from me because I like don't do well with confrontation and fighting. But behind a net, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to see Yeah, like when the like... glass is there and like you don't have to worry about getting involved. And it's like part of it. Like you can – some of the guys who fight in hockey, they know the guys they're going to fight. That's like, like Ty Domi and Rob Ray – from when I was a little kid, every time the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Sabres play each other, which is a lot because they're division rivals, they would always fight. And they would, like, you'd see them square off and people would keep score, like, this is how many times Rob Ray beat Ty Domi. And uh, it was just, uh, but nowadays, though, they're like best buds. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And there's a couple of guys who genuinely hate each other's guts, though. And that's when you go, oh, this is going to be awesome. And you see it in their the fire in their eyes. One of the Anaheim Ducks, Trevor Zegris, I forget what he's who he said it to, but it was somebody, I believe, on the Minnesota Wild. And it was uh, everyone's trying to read his lips because he said something that pissed this guy off. And so he's coming at him. He's trying to beat the shit out of him. And Trevor Zegris is like, when I, Trevor Zegris is such a little kid, it makes me feel uh, like I'm not allowed to be watching hockey. <laughs> like he, Trevor Zegris is on the cover of NHL 23, and I got the game, and it's, Trevor Zegris and a per, and a woman from the WNHL. They have the WNHL as well. And they had both of them on the cover. And I said, oh, that's nice. They have two players from the WNHL on the cover. Because Trevor Zegris just looks like a little, he looks like Trevor Lawrence. Pull up a Trevor Zegris picture. I don't. I wouldn't even be able to remember, but evidently this gentleman has a dead father. And Trevor Zegris, they were trying to read his lips. And Trevor Zegris, they say, allegedly, said something about the man's dead father. But oh, yeah, there he is right there. I was a small child. Yeah, I go, oh, they put two WNHL players on the cover. Oh, that's Trevor <laughs> Zegris right there. My bad. Show the NHL. Uh, show me the NHL 23 cover if they have that on there. I would love because it's uh, I believe it's the cover. It's the opening load screen. I mean, he is in his Ducks jersey there, but there's the one where they're, that one where they're like kneeling, he's like kneeling down. I'm like, oh, two chicks, cool. Oh, wait, Trevor Zegras, that's him. Because his legs look feminine. You're like, he's a hockey player? That's crazy. I mean, I'm sure in person he would work me, you know? This little kid would <laughs> be like a travesty at the end of the day. But this is the time of year, folks. Oh, is this the incident? So you see Trevor Zegris and him down here and then they start chirping at each other and then they come over and then, oh boy, oh, what's going on here? They're trying to break him up and then he's just jawing to him the whole time. It's like, what did he did he say there? Everyone was wondering, so people will try to read his lips. What does it say at the top there, Kirsten? Of the, uh, uh, whatever he said, whatever Trevor said to uh, Troy Stetchers is extremely personal. Yeah, Hopefully that's the way he was looking into it. That's what uh, that's what they. So they were, you know. I wonder if someone out there came to the bottom of if it was in fact about the man's dead father, or if this was just some imaginative reporter who goes, you know, what he must have said. Somebody's dead dad. Then he ran with it, and people also ran Ooh. with it. What does they, it say? Yeah, there? they speculate that he allegedly said, "Your dad's watching," <laughs> which could be taken as like a sweet <laughs> Sorry, thing, I you laughed. know. I it laughed. could be like, "Hey, your I dad's laughed when he right said now. it." Oh my god, that was a really <laughs> genuine laugh too, and I apologize to Mr. Stre- Stetcher's. Uh, what's his name? I don't know this player. Uh, Troy Stetcher. Troy Stetcher's. My bad, dude. I mean, and I, I would have done the same thing if I was in your position, but holy hell, when you read it like that, <laughs> whoo, that made me laugh, Trevor. You got me, Pally. But let's get it. This is the time of year when the sports are like the Undertaker meme, and they're like, you know, they come back alive. Let's get into it. And it is rare that we cover basketball on this program because, like I said, it is my distant fourth. I don't know much about it. I'd like to learn. I got to find, perhaps uh, down the road here, we'll have 
I'll see if uh, if Corinne can uh, educate me on basketball because she watches it. That will be fun. But um, nevertheless, I don't follow it extra close. And we have two teams here in L.A., one being the Lakers, which has got LeBron James on it, and uh, Anthony Davis, of course, and they aren't very good. So it's not exactly making me like, ooh, my interest is peaked, you know? But then we also, I forget about this other team, the Clippers. Oh, the Clippers. How could I forget? They're actually good from what I understand. Yeah, I mean, they definitely are doing better than the Lakers, I think, at earlier in the season. And they recently just got, uh, I mean, Russell Westbrook just basically took his stuff across the, the hallway to the other locker room. He was uh, signed by the the Clippers, I do believe, or tr- maybe he was traded. I do not know. <laughs> I'm trying my... Guys, this is like I'm Chase with basketball, okay? So <laughs> I'm bad at it. But um, anyhow, I always thought it sucked when there were two teams sharing an arena. And it happens more often than you know, I believe, especially if you don't follow sports. But New York obviously has two teams of uh, major sports, and so does... L.A. Every major sport, L.A. has two teams. Now, the Kings play at the Crypto.com Arena. The Anaheim Ducks play out in Anaheim at the Honda Center. They don't share. The Dodgers, they play at Dodger Stadium. Obviously, the Angels play out in Anaheim as well. They have their own stadium, so they don't share. But when it comes to the basketball teams, at the moment, the Lakers and Clippers share a stadium so that means that people have to come in they have to change the boards out they have to put the Clippers stuff down they have to hide the lakers banners anytime the clippers are playing they have to put up clipper shit whatever the hell they want to put up there so there's a lot of uh things that go into it that maybe you don't think about also they have to have and i do believe they have and i'm not certain but i'm sure they do have their own locker rooms now the other team out in new york side the uh giants and the jets share a stadium Same thing with the fields. They have to change the fucking fields. They have to change the logos around the stadium. It's a pain in the ass. Get your own fucking stadium. It's 2023. So the Clippers have decided because of their grand success at this moment, and they are a Los Angeles fucking basketball team, an NBA team. They got their own money. Let's get the hell out of this arena. The house that Kobe built, you walk up there, and it's got. it's not like they put fucking you know, covers over the Shaq statue when you're walking up for a Clippers game. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that be funny if they just put like a... <laughs> they just drape it. They just put a Clippers fucking blanket over it. <laughs> That's nothing. Don't look under the curtain. We cut a, I mean, I don't think, think I don't think there's one Clippers statue outside of fucking Crypto.com Arena. So now the Clippers can move to their own stadium and they can put up whatever they like and they don't have to take it down. And if you don't know, the Clippers recently, you're probably wondering, like, what put this fire under their ass? Well, recently, in recent years, they got a new owner. His name is Steve Ballmer. And their previous owner, God, I just had his name in my head and I didn't write it down because I had it in my head two seconds ago. But he's the man who was caught on tape. Donald Sterling, yes. And if you recall, he was caught on tape by his, I don't know what you'd call her, uh, lady. (laughs) I mean, it was just, it was a lady that he was, you know, Donald Sterling, old man, very old. And he had some hot to trot, young piece of ass. And, uh, you know, there she is right there. And he, I believe, had an agreement with her. Where he was like, you can go fuck whoever the hell you want, just don't tell me about it. You know? And I th- and I do believe that is the context of that audio tape. It is him telling her, you know, you can go fuck, uh, you know. The uh, inner city blacks. But don't tell me about it. And uh, she leaked this tape, and the NBA obviously predominantly made up of... Uh, you know the uh, inner city blacks and outer city of course can't forget those but nevertheless uh it became a hullabaloo and donald sterling was forced to sell the team to steve balmer so steve balmer was like a breath of fresh air not only did he come in and make the clippers a contender and rival that of the lebron led los angeles lakers 
but now he's building a brand new stadium. How exciting is that? And they've broken ground on it here in Los Angeles, uh, which, by the way, the Chargers and Rams share that brand new stadium out there. Got to be a pain in the ass, but, you know, a lot of it's lights and and fucking TVs and shit. But so they broke ground, and Steve Ballmer decided at the groundbreaking ceremony he's going to talk about the uh, exciting new amenities of Intuit Dome. Let's hear what he says as uh, they break ground. 1160 toilets and urinals, three times the NBA average number of toilets and urinals. We do not want people waiting in line. We want them to get back to their damn seats uh, at the end of the half before the game. I want to hear it again. I want to hear it, the passion in, in his voice. What are you going to tell us? A toilets! toilets and urinals, three times the NBA average number of toilets and urinals. We do not want people waiting in line. We want them to get back to their damn seat. This guy's the man, by the way. Can we see if, uh, by the way, just do a quick little goog on Steve Ballmer. Like, I just want to see if, because his introductory press conference was this insane, too. He had the same energy as about toilets that he had when he bought the team. That's how nuts Steve Ballmer is. Toilets! 1160 what did he say, 1,000? Or no, what is it, 1,160 toilets? Is that yeah, what he said? Yeah, I think he said 1,160. I mean, okay, three so times three times the NBA, the average. NBA average. That's crazy to think about. I wonder what, so that means that the average is what, 500 toilets? And you have, oh, let's say 17, 18,000 people inside an arena. Rob, were you going to correct my math? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can, because I'm bad at it. Well, Steve, Steve Ballmer is like kind of infamous for like, his freakouts going all the way back because he used to be uh, with Microsoft. That's where he made all his money. Oh, and, and he would give excitable speeches he would for give Microsoft. Insane speeches for Microsoft about the developers and stuff. He was pretty pretty, pretty entertaining. What a career arc for Steve Ballmer. He went from being excited and, and uh, rambunctious about Microsoft products, new adventures in technology, things that progress us as a society. Now he's so psyched about how many fucking toilets. Imagine being in that meeting. I don't want people waiting in lines. I want more toilets. What if there's like no beer, beer like the, they're like, oh, we got to sacrifice some space here, obviously. So we're going to have to get rid of beer lines. I would be like pissed about that. He didn't say anything about the beer lines. That's annoying. I would want to know about that more than the toilets. I'll just piss in my empty beer cup. I don't give a <laughs> shit if it got down to it. If you look up uh, on YouTube... Steve Ballmer developers. Oh God. <laughs> Oof. Developers, 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 developers. Well, you know, and in this situation, what's great about it, he is a great I mean, this guy is, is awesome. But I'm saying in this case, he's hyping up a room of developers. He's like, you guys are the best and his elbow pits are sweating. Now, I've never seen elbow pits sweat that hard. The energy he carries into the toilet conversation. I would just, I would be like, oh, by the way, this cool feature, there's going to be like three times the amount of toilets than the entire NBA. I would just say that at like the end. That cannot be the most exciting thing <laughs> of Intuit Dome. But he's acting as if it is. Now, are there people out there in Los Angeles who are like, you know, I'm a Lakers guy, but I uh, I saw Steve Ballmer's passion about the toilets, and I can't wait to buy a ticket, frankly. I'm so excited for that stadium to be open. Oh, boy. We have another video, though. Let's move on from Steve Ballmer because we have so many uh, sports things to get to. Today's Josh Potter Show is brought to us by Mint Mobile. If saving big was one of your resolutions in 2023, you should probably start with Mint Mobile. They got you covered as far as savings go. I mean, they let you order from home and save a ton. You don't even have to go to one of the, you know, these mobile stores or anything like that. You just do it from the comfort of your own home and you can get a phone plan starting at just $15 a month, all by going online only and eliminating the traditional costs of retail. That's how they give the savings to you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on na the nation's uh, largest 5G network, so you don't have to worry about that. 
You like your current phone? No problem. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and switch easily in minutes with eSIM. So you don't even have to, like, get a new phone. That's the best part, too. You, you enjoy it. Maybe you can get a new phone anyways now that you're saving money. So it's up to you. It's very choose-your-own-adventure as far as that goes. So switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just $15 a month. And to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free... All you got to do is go to mintmobile.com slash potter. That's mintmobile.com slash potter. Cut your wireless bill down to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash potter. Sports are alive and well again. I mean, baseball's about to start. The NFL draft is coming up. Uh, free agency is happening at the moment. Aaron Rodgers, at the time of this recording, the trade to the Jets is happening. The return has not been stated quite yet at the time of this recording. But Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets. And that's peculiar to me, I've got to say. I mean, the man has been living in this supposed shadow of Brett Favre for his entire career. Getting drafted by the Packers, being the heir apparent, wanting to start immediately, but having to wait so many years for Brett Favre's old ass to retire. And when he did, he retired, then he came back, and Green Bay had, they said, you're not coming back here. Oh, no, old man. Kick down the line. So they traded Brett Favre to who? The New York Jets. And that happened on August 7th of 2008. By September of 2008, Brett Favre sent his dick pic to a woman named Jen Sturger who I should try and get on this fucking show. She follows me on Twitter, and she does comedy around L.A. I should just get Jen Sturger on this show. <clears throat> Although I don't know <clears throat> that she enjoys talking about it unless being on stage, and I think she says Brett Favre's penis is tiny or something to this effect. Which, hey, she's allowed to say whatever the fuck she wants about Brett Favre's penis. She got to see it. And when I say got to, I mean had to because she opened a text message from Brett Favre while she was the in-game sideline reporter. So... If I'm, uh, you know, one to believe fables and time is indeed a flat circle, it seems, if Aaron Rodgers is now being traded to the New York Jets, how long till we get an A-Rod D-pick? I mean, the season hasn't started yet, so he hasn't met the sideline reporter. We have to give it that amount of time. Although I think now, like, the sideline reporter is, like, probably some dude. They're probably shying away from having a hot sideline reporter for a little while. Uh, you know, even though this happened about a decade ago now. Holy hell, more than that, 15 years almost. But if we're uh, led to believe anything, you know, Aaron Rodgers will then, in the year 2024, he'll sign with the Minnesota Vikings. And then uh, down the road, he'll rob a Mississippi municipality of their welfare funds. So this is uh, all, I mean, if, if this is how things are going to go, this is how things are going to go. So I can't believe that Aaron Rodgers spent four days in a darkness retreat to come out to say, I want to play for the New York Jets. That doesn't make the woo-woo community seem like they're on to anything. Like, I almost, sec I, I was like, you know, up until very much today, I was like, you know, I should try ayahuasca. Everyone talks of its value and all the wonderful things and properties that it, it has when you experience ayahuasca. But if it means that Aaron Rodgers came out of it and goes, you know what? I'm going to sign with the New York Jets, the worst franchise in the history of time. I don't know if I want to do ayahuasca. Anyhow, the NFL draft is coming up, so that means if... You know, now that the New York Jets have Aaron Rodgers, they won't be trying to draft another quarterback. They obviously failed at that, having drafted Sam Darnold uh, and then drafting Zach Wilson. Just failure after failure. And they said, you know what? Not this year. We're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. And that makes you go, all right, well, there's another team off the board as far as needing a quarterback goes. How far are this class of quarterback going to sink down? Now, obviously, the Carolina Panthers moved up to the number one pick overall. They're going to be drafting a quarterback, and perhaps they will be drafting C.J. Stroud. I really don't know who the top, like, who the favored guy is. I guess it's Bryce Young, if you were looking at gambling odds. But C.J. Stroud is definitely one of the top prospects at QB. Could very well go uh, number one overall. And, uh... 
let's he he decides to uh, cite during the combine some of his inspirations, who he watched over the years and who he wants to model his career after. Let's hear it. Seven was because Michael Vick. Uh, so um, he inspired me not only just to uh, be athletic and use my athleticism, but uh, Can as you a pause black quarterback these? to stay. So the first one he said, Michael Vick. Now we all know, now Michael Vick has done his time and Michael Vick has come out the other side. I would say a great man. But obviously his name triggers a few out there. You hear Michael Vick and they go, the dogs. Ah. And obviously if you're modeling your career after Michael Vick, Michael Vick has kind of a sad career because he came out Played electric. He was like, you know, it was a video game. Everyone loved it. He was the Michael Jordan of football. That's what they were calling him because, you know, I guess more like the Allen Iverson because there was like branding deals and he was just, uh, you know, drawing eyes to the sport that had not previously been drawn to it because of his electric play. But obviously with the dog scandal, it all went by the wayside and he had to go serve time in prison. And he came out and some team decided we're going to kick the tires on him. It was the Philadelphia Eagles. And he was backing up Donovan McNabb. And once Donovan McNabb got hurt, he had his shot. And he came back in and he played great to the point where they traded Donovan McNabb and gave Michael Vick a real shot. And he played fine, but it wasn't quite the the Michael Vick before prison. And it makes you wonder if he had the same mindset coming into the league that he had coming out of prison, where he studied the playbook, where he kind of practiced his fundamentals. There's a story of Michael Vick when he was a young guy out of the draft, where they gave him a play of DVDs. They go, hey, can you study this tape? And they gave him a DVD. And he threw it in the backseat of his car, never looked at it once. But they said the DVD was blank, and they knew that he didn't watch it because they asked him about the plays the next day, and he lied about them. And they go, oh, they did the old blank DVD trick. That's tough to do now, I guess. You have to have a USB drive and just not put the files on it. I really don't know how they do i mean it's all fucking ipads now and shit but so that's the first person that cj stroud referenced now let's hear the next one in the pocket and throw the ball and that's something that he was very underrated in uh so and then i like i looked up to deshaun watson line somebody i feel like i was who deshaun watson we don't even know what he is he's still doing his career I mean, what, what? I guess he's going to explain what he looks up to about Deshaun Watson, but there's another guy with his uh, 38 sexual assaults and has been sidelined because of them for the last two seasons for the most part, uh, you know, with exception to a couple of games. Not somebody you really want to model your career after, you know? Maybe the he's talking obviously more, uh, f- you know, in terms of, like, mechanics and things like that. But he's not articulating it in a way <laughs> that he's expressing that, I suppose. He's not getting a lot of gruff for this, but it is just like one of those things where it's like, those are the two people. Out of all the quarterbacks in all the years of the NFL, 50-plus now, this is the uh, two quarterbacks you reference as who you're going to model your career after. Can we hear it? Let's hear the—I mean, let's give him the benefit of the doubt and hear the explanation. Uh, so and then I like I looked up to Deshaun Watson line as somebody I feel like I have a similar playing style to. Even one of the reasons I wanted a similar was- playing style to. So he did say that, but he could have also said many, 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 many other people. <laughs> I mean, Deshaun Watson doesn't have such a unique playing style that you go, you know, who I uh, want to be like. And same with Michael Vick, like he was uh, talking. He goes, not only did he show me how to use my athleticism. Uh, But he also showed me how to not, I mean, say something about how to navigate my career or what have you. But it is such an odd two choices. I would have uh, thought about that afterwards. Obviously, I'm talking on the field. I would have really laid it thick at the end of the day. Next up, we have uh, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, two-time MVP, two-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. And you got to think this guy's on top of the world at the moment. You know, people are saying maybe one of the greatest of all time and his career is so young. It's got so much time left in it. Who knows what accolades he could get to. But his brother, on the other hand, imagine being the little brother of Patrick Mahomes. And you don't really have any talent. And you might be retarded. (laughs) You might be. Verdict is out on it. 
I'm talking sincerely here. Nobody has really said that. I'm going to say he's a little off, and we should actually take that into consideration. Because have you seen this guy on TikTok? Oh, my Lord. You go, well, this is a special needs person. This isn't a... And he lives in the shadow of his brother, and he's trying to accumulate his own fame. He wants to make his own mark on the world, and he's decided to do it as a TikTok influencer. And, of course, being the brother of Patrick Mahomes, he gets a lot of action. But it's all very cringe. It's all... And nobody likes it. I mean, all this guy gets is hate. I mean, he is, like, making... Decent money off of how much people hate him. And him and uh, Patrick Mahomes' wife, Brittany Mahomes, have really become a dynamic duo of just awfulness because she has always been very. And I, and I listen, if Brittany Mahomes, if Patrick Mahomes was my quarterback and she was my first lady quarterback, so to speak, I would be proud of her because she's screaming at fucking opposing fans she's being obnoxious she's making fun videos where she's screaming and being a and there's something about her that i kind of like and i think it's the crazy eyes but uh yeah she just kind of like hits a couple of notes for me but anyhow jackson mahomes and her have kind of teamed up because they're both very very hated by the internet but jackson mahomes uh recently a video came out that isn't just him being cringy on the old TikTok. He's being accused of assault of a Kansas City restaurant owner, Aspen Vaughn, the mother of a friend of his and one of her staff. Let's see the video. So here he is, if you're watching at home, is not sound for this video. He's going up behind one of them and just being like, kiss me, kiss me. And they're like squirming around. And I don't know the relationship he had. This is his friend's mother. So he's being a little weird in that aspect of it, too. But he's probably been drinking. Oh, he's coming back for more. Oh, no. Now I was trying to help him out here. But nope, he's coming back for more. He's groping. <laughs> At least do it on the camera. I mean, get bring him into the frame more, lady. <laughs> Victim blaming because she's not on the camera more. But that's uh, the uh, gist of it right there. He did do a bunch of groping. He came up behind her and was trying to kiss her cheek. And it's kind of one of those things where you go like, if these two people are like BFFs, you wouldn't really raise an eyebrow about it. But it's like his friend's mom. And clearly she wasn't uh, into it if she's filing charges. <laughs> I mean... That's uh, the level of which it's gotten to. But I did do a check, and, and uh, there isn't really an update on it because this story did come out last week as I was, uh, you know, releasing last week's episode. So I didn't have time to speak on it last week. But no one has brought up the defense of his potential autism. I mean, he does not know how to act socially, and he can't pick up on social cues. Is that a defense at the end of the day? When you drink, things get a little wiry. I don't know. I'm just trying to point out that maybe we aren't taking into consideration the mental strength of Jackson Mahomes uh, when we are uh, <laughs> talking about him. I'm waiting for that to come out in a headline. They use the R-word defense in today's news, but uh, I don't know what's going to happen. We're going to keep our eyes peeled, but that's what I would, I would suggest that we take a look at that. Same with um, our boy, Cecil Wilson, who has a new uh, story that came out about him. Now, last time we talked about him, we talked about his charity and how uh, it didn't necessarily maybe do all the things that people expected it to do in terms of percentages of donations. But then people came to his aid and said, a lot of charities are like that, Josh, you know, it's actually a higher percentage than the Red Cross, to which I say, why did we have to talk? Like, why was there an article singling him out then and didn't talk about the rest of the NFL's uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year charities? I don't understand that part of it, and I haven't gotten to the bottom of that. But Russell Wilson is uh, with Sierra. Let me see you one, two, step. And they spent time inside a prison last week, not because their charity 
was scamming people, which uh, maybe maybe they're just going to take a preview of prisons. I don't really know. Uh, but they were there singing and dancing with over 300 inmates. And the trip was so emotional that Sierra actually appeared to be moved to tears. The Denver Broncos star and the Level Up singer headed out to the Everglades Correctional uh, Institution in Florida to help lead a prayer with incarcerated men. And you can see in this video of their visit, the couple immersed themselves fully with the inmates right away. Wilson read the group of Bible verse before Sierra sang to the crowd, God behind bars, the, ori- the uh, original, I don't know. Oh, the organization. That's the name. I thought that was the name of the song. God behind bars. I thought she was singing like a fucking. I go, I don't know that song. But it's an organization, evidently, that helped facilitate the trip and said it was all very powerful. The voices of the incarcerated were so loud it felt like it could be heard by the entire prison. The organization official said in a social media post, in a place so easily filled with so much division, there was a moment where incarcerated men put their arms around each other and prayed for those struggling with anxiety and depression. I don't believe that the skinheads were involved in this. I'm going to just say that. I still think the division might still last if there is, in fact, that faction of people inside this prison. I don't think they were like, oh, who's here? Oh, let's go hug the, uh, you know. Wilson also shared his own video for the visit, showing him singing loudly along with the inmates, some of whom are serving life sentences to popular gospel songs. Of course, the couple's philanthropy should be no surprise to anyone. They've consistently used their free time to spread faith and cheer throughout the country, but evidently not enough a percentage of their charity to satisfy whatever the hell paper that was that was USA Today. So let's see the video real quick. Let's see. Let's see Russell sing. That'd be fun. Can you pause it real quick? That was Russell Wilson trying to do like a preacher thing there for a second. <laughs> Did you hear that? He goes, can, can I hear you say new thing? But he, I did it even more better than him just now on accident. I'm trying to do it like him. He's like, the, the people were like listening to it and he, it's like he wrote down on the paper, say, let me see a new thing here. And he read it. It's like he read that. And they were like, a new thing. There's no way to go back, is there? Weird. <laughs> okay. I mean, <laughs> that's the. I'm doing a new thing. So beautiful about God's love is relentless. He don't let off. He don't let off. And you know what I love about God and what He said in His promises is that there's no. Now pause this. Now Sierra knows what she's doing. She's a performer, and she's probably done gospel things, and she's probably done this kind of thing in the past and she brings Russell around because I think he's lost without her. I really don't. I mean, he is so uncharismatic compared to Sierra. And again, she's a you can't really compare many people to Sierra. She's a, a performer. She's sold a bazillion records. She performs in front of tens of thousands of people on a given whenever she wants. So there is a difference there, a marked difference. But uh, it is refreshing to see her do it after Russell. Let's see if he comes back in and joins. I want to hear him sing, frankly. Oh, he's not. He doesn't have a microphone. Fuck. They took his microphone away. Oh, there we go. That is who you are. They really took Russell out of this video. 
as much as they possibly could. He was in there for it was like he was one of the prisoners. I mean, they just had he just did a cameo for the most part. Is there another is that another one or is that just him in a picture? This is on his page. Ooh, play. <laughs> Look at him. He's trying. He doesn't have any rhythm. What's he doing? <laughs> he looks like Stevie Wonder. Why is he doing that? He's going. He's doing the old Stevie Wonder like head shake, trying to go along with the music, but it looks so off and weird. Oh, that is so bizarre, dude. And here he is again. Play this one. Is he singing? He's not even singing with the words. <laughs> he was not. That was not. Right that there. microphone was not on. That microphone was. That's like the you this, give it. You give your your little nephew a fucking yep. controller that's not plugged in. That's what he has right there. A microphone that is not on because I don't think he knows. I don't think he is good with music, Russell. He's the rhythm is that he's just trying to like vibe, but it is so off putting. And this in right there, he was not singing the words. I mean, he was, unless the audio was slipped and everyone else in the uh, the prison was singing. I mean, he was singing something else. I mean, he was just being like, ah, he's like making noises. That was, whoo, that was something. Please go if you listen on audio. Thank you for the record and keep liking and subscribing and uh, unsubscribe and resubscribe and unsubscribe and resubscribe and uh, leave comments and five stars. But... Also, maybe you go check out the timestamp and check out the YouTube because you gotta see Cecil Wilson fucking attempt to sing. So let's get to some news stories before we uh, wrap up this Wednesday shindig here on the old Josh Potter show. And as we take a look here, we've got a... Uh, another form of terrorism that I didn't expect, you know, we're always opening people's eyes to new forms of terrorism. You know, it's not just uh, what do they what do they call it now? Politically correct wise, is it Islamic terror? Was that what they were trying to get rid of? Or was that the word that they decided to make it? Anyone know you guys are? I don't understand the question. Remember, yeah. they were calling it uh, Islamic terrorism. And then they, I thought they were like, well, that's racist. And they changed it. Or did they? Oh, they, cha started, they changed it to Islamic terror, uh, Islamic extremism. Extremism. Yes. Oh, they took out terror because that was the part that people were thinking was racist. They were but, trying to um, indicate not all Muslims. I think terrorism did that. Doesn't it? Islamic terror? Doesn't that, or terrorism? Doesn't that make, that, you go, we're just talking about the terrorists. <laughs> now you've changed it to extremism and it's like. No, we're just talking about, like, the crazy ones. And you're like, well, that makes it a little bit even broader, I think, at the end of the day. <laughs> I don't know. So anyhow, we've obviously moved on from that as a country. Doesn't occur here any longer. We've eradicated it. The war on terror was successful, as we all know from history. But we've learned of semen terrorism. We've learned of plunger terrorism. There's a new one today, and this one comes to us by way of two people actually sent this in. Jay Spooks and T-Bone, who, by the way, off suspension, and I, and I did get this from two people. So that means that T-Bone had his story corroborated, if you will. So Japanese police arrested three people on Wednesday in connection with an unsanitary prank at the conveyor belt sushi restaurant, according to Japanese state broadcaster NHK, the viral videos from early February showed one of them, a 21-year-old Yoshino Royoga, dubbed a sushi terrorist by the Japanese public and media, putting his saliva on utensils and sushi and licking the spout of soy sauce bottles at the Kura Sushi restaurant in Nagoya City. Well, from what I understand about sushi... It's an insult to use the soy sauce to the chef. So I would suggest just not using the soy sauce in any capacity when you go get sushi. And that's because the chef is going to fucking... I'd put it in my asshole if I was one of these guys. Put the, su the soy sauce spout right up my butt and be like, you're going to use the soy sauce on my fucking shit? 
try again. Now you're going to have fucking dysentery or something like that. <laughs> or you're going to be like Mark Norman where you're going to have that pile of whatever the hell he had where he ate poopy. The restaurant chain filed a complaint for damages with police on Tuesday and received an apology from Royoga. Police also arrested two teenagers on suspicion of obstructing the restaurant's operation. The three met through social media, police say. Japan has a conveyor belt sushi restaurants, uh, which serve a cheaper alternative to ordering the made-to-order food. So these are like the conveyor belt ones. Still, I would imagine the chefs take pride in their conveyor belt sushi just as much as the top guns. You know, you can't expect to be a part of the art form. Hell, there's open micers out there that think they're better than uh, a person doing an arena right now. It happens in every art form. So they take pride in it. They have, what is the word? They're precious about their art form. While Japanese culture highly prizes both its sushi and its manners, these aren't the first conveyor belt sushi pranksters. No, no. At other restaurants, people have taken on, touched other or have uh, taken or touched others' orders or doused them with spicy wasabi. Well, that sounds like they're doing them a favor at the end of the day. Kura Sushi has also installed AI-equipped cameras to, t- to detect suspicious behavior. That seems a little much. I mean, it's just sushi. We're not talking about the fucking Constitution here. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, you don't need to protect it like it's Fort Knox. We just have conveyor belt sushi. So keep an eye out if you go to Japan and you're going to go eat one of the go to one of the nicer places, I would suggest those people. uh, They'll just be insulted when you use the soy sauce. They're not going to fucking lick it and shit like that. Oh, the Oscars just went off. Oh, boy. What a time I watched. uh, I, I actually found out you can gamble on the Oscars and it was almost it almost broke me. I mean, There were so many things to gamble on that I was like my head was going to explode. But here's the thing about gambling on the Oscars. For instance, I wanted Key uh, Key to win. I'm going to call him Key because I don't know how to, what the rest of his name is. Uh, the guy from Indiana Jones. Anyone? Key. Why? Uh, <laughs> Key see, Hawaii Kwan, but see, I don't if know if I'm that saying it, it correctly. Who know? I mean, we're not trying to, or we are trying, folks, is all I'm saying. We're not trying to uh, say it inappropriately or wrong. <laughs> I love how long I take trying to read an Asian person's name. I can't just call him Short Round from Indiana Jones. I mean, that seems insulting. Uh, but anyhow, I wanted him to win, and I think the whole world knew he was going to win. It was the least surprising part of the Oscars, but it was the most touching. And uh, I didn't want to bet on it because it was minus 3,000. It's like, why even bother? For those who don't understand gambling, what that means is if you bet $10, say, for him to win the Oscar, you would win 33 cents. So it's like, well, why would I even bother? And it's not like a sports game where I go, hey, there might be an upset. You never know. You never know how the ball's going to bounce. Maybe the second uh, favored person plus money will come in and surprise everyone. That's not really how it works. It's kind of a foregone conclusion as to who's going to win these things. So I I place some strategic bets. For instance, this was a gamble. I bet on Jamie Lee Curtis to win Best Supporting Actress plus 190. Oh, and why was she plus 190? Because Angela Bassett was the favorite. And here I am. I go, Hollywood, you know, they're trying really hard to be woke. Angela Bassett also very deserved the favorite. There's no way. There is no way they snub Angela Bassett. I thought, but then I go gambling brain, right? Sports gambling brain. I go, that's the square pick. Go for Jamie Lee Curtis. She won the fucking Golden Globe, led right up to it, or the SAG Award. I don't know which one, but she won one of the preliminary ones. So I go, she's not out of the running, and it's plus 190. We got to make a little money on this, have a little bit of excitement. We threw down on Jamie Lee Curtis. What happened? The internet exploded. Jamie Lee Curtis won. And here I am. I have to, I have to like protect. I posted my picks. And now people are like, are you racist? No. I just wanted the plus money. I would have taken Angela Bassett if she was plus money as well. And then I bet on Brendan Fraser. He was only minus 200. People thought maybe he wouldn't win. But I, I, I mean, minus 200 is not bad. That's like a very heavily favored uh, team. If you're if you're doing that. And those are the only three bets I made. But there were crazy ones. There were crazy ones. And I wish they made a bet. It would be plus six million. 
I mean, it would be the most wild bet you could ever make is the best interview of the night goes to Hugh Grant. I didn't even know Hugh Grant. I didn't even know they let him into the fucking Oscars still. Last I heard, he was picking up a prostitute and everyone was like, oh, you like prostitutes, huh? And he's like, I do. And then he had a couple more movies and I haven't heard from him since. He's probably been in something that I don't even, you know, like I'm sure someone out there is like, he was in the Apple TV production of such and such. I'm sure he was, he's done something since like fucking (laughs) whatever movie from the nineties I'm trying to remember right now. But I would never have guessed he had the most viral moment from the Oscars. Check this interview out. Stopping by, have the best Thank night. You. Thank you. Hugh Grant, you are a veteran of the Oscars, and you've been here a few times. What's your favorite thing about coming to the Oscars? Um, well, uh, <laughs> it's fascinating. It's uh, it's uh, the whole of humanity is here. It's uh, it's Vanity Fair. Oh, it's all about Vanity Fair. Pause it, pause it, pause it, pause it. This is where it goes by the wayside. So far, he comes out and he's being a little uh, glib, I would say. You know, he's like, all of the humanity is here. It's Vanity Fair. Now, what he's referring to is the 19th century novel, meaning like it's a bunch of shallow people. It's a Vanity Fair, you know, like... uh, Yeah, he's referring to like, oh, it's Hollywood, it's a bunch of fakes and all this whole thing, you know? The woman who knows Hugh Grant as Mr. Hooker was like, oh, you're looking forward to the Vanity Fair after party, huh? Yeah, I know you. You're waiting for the fucking after party, right? We're all here for the after party. So I think that turned his uh, disdain even a little bit more sour. So let's see how it keeps going. A little bit fun. Um, what are you most excited to see tonight? To see? Yeah, well, I know that you probably watched a few of the movies. Are you excited to see anybody win? Do you have your hopes up for anyone? Um, not, not, no, no one in particular. Okay, well, what are you wearing tonight, then? Uh, just my suit. Your suit? Who oh, my God, pause it. it. Um, I- this, uh, now he's done. I mean, this is where you go not salvaging this one. I mean, he basically might as well just say to this lady, idiot woman, and then walk away. I mean, this is this is and good for her for keeping it going or trying to at the very least. She goes she goes to the old. That's like you can tell when a uh, red carpet reporter is floundering and they need to pull something out of the old sheath. They go right to the what are you wearing? Whoosh. What are you wearing? Who are you wearing? And he goes, my suit, which is <laughs> that's how you get out of that one. That's where I go, well, Mr. Grant, it was a pleasure. Thank you for stopping by, and you move on to the next thing. But she tries to get a little more out of him. Let's hear which way she takes this train wreck. I can't remember my tailor. That's okay. Shout out to the tailor. Shout out Um, to the tailor. tell me, what does it feel like to be in Glass Onion? It was such an amazing film. I really loved it. I love a thriller. How fun is it to shoot something like that? Well, I'm barely in it. I'm in it for about three seconds. Yeah, but still, you showed up and you had fun, right? Uh, Almost. Okay, all right. Okay. Almost. Well, thank you so much. It was nice to talk to you. Oh, she sounds so defeated, too. You can't do that. You can't. I'm not putting this on her. She obviously, she did her best, and everyone's really up Hugh Grant's ass for being like, why did you even stop and talk to her? But if you're kind of Hugh Grant, you're kind of like, I'm going to have a little fun with this. You know, who gives a shit? I'm in Glass Onion for three seconds. No wonder I didn't know he was in anything. Also, I haven't seen that. But he wasn't like exactly on the poster. You know what I mean? So, uh, I mean, he's done something. But who knows why he's even at the Oscars? They showed him. He did present something at one point. But uh, I think is it one of those things where it's like once you're nominated, you get to come forever. Is that the rule? Does anyone know? Probably. Uh, and I don't even know if he was. I'm sure he was at some point for some British horseshit. Uh, but, man, I think Hugh Grant would be a fun guy to hang out with despite the macabre tone in that video. Because I think he knows. I think he's at that point, And we saw a lot of people who have gone through the asshole and out the other side of show business win awards last night. I mean, fuck. Uh, our boy, Key... That guy, he was short round in Indiana Jones. He was in Goonies. He was in, they even made a joke. Him and Brandon Frazier were in Encino, man. 
Would you have, I mean, I wish I could go back in time and gamble on two actors from Encino Man winning Academy Awards. I'd be, I'd do a Back to the Future, you know, when he steals mm-hmm. the sports almanac. That'd be, that'd be my version of that, is I'd just go back in time and try and find any bookie who would take, uh, you know, action on if two actors from Encino Man will win Oscars in our lifetime. <laughs> That's God. To have a time machine. That's exactly, I mean, Back to the Future 2 really nailed the best part about having a time machine is sports gambling. (laughs) Man, I wish I could go back in time and put some money on the Cubbies. Hell yeah, you do. God, and that's the whole purpose of the movie. I love it. Well, every now and then, come across a sex offender. Good way to end the show. And this one was sent to us by both. Two, two Roach reporters sent this one in as well. So Keith and Trevor R. And, you know, you got sex offenders running amok all about uh, town, you know. A Minnesota father decided uh, to slaughter a 77-year-old convicted sex offender using a moose antler. What a device. Now, uh, a moose antler, I feel like that is one of the rounder antlers. That's not one of the sharper antlers. Am I right? A deer antler would be sharp. You could stab a person with a deer antler. A moose antler would be more of a wallop, I would think. Is that what they look like? I think they still have some points on them. But they don't look yeah. as sharp. See how that one but looks more? But they've got some weight to it. It's more like a spork than a fork, whereas the deer antlers are a fork. And then you have uh, some antlers that are look like a spoon, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah, I get what you're saying. But I guess kind yeah. Of, but this one, you but know, they're also just like heavy. Kind of they're blunt yeah. They're also just bigger in general, so the spikes that they do have are still pretty big. Moose are terrible. But I don't think that you have to, and we'll find out exactly what occurred here. But I don't believe, and is is that the exact moose antler next to his mugshot there? No, I don't. I mean, not that one. I don't believe so because they've shown another one up here. I see. Well, any at any rate, I do believe that you could also just kill someone as a blunt object, as if you used, let's say, a toaster or a brick or something to this effect. I don't think, you know, I don't think he necessarily had to stab him to kill him. But Levi Axtell, 27 years old, walked in, uh, into at the sheriff's office covered in blood and with his head in his hands as he admitted killing Lawrence Scully, who was jailed for molesting a six-year-old girl in 1979. So he walked in with his head in it. Was that like a turn of phrase where he says, he walked in hat in hand and admitted guilt? Or did he walk in with the gentleman's head in his hand? Because that's kind of alarming. Say you're just at the police office, you know, or the, the you know, you're paying a parking ticket, and a guy covered in blood just comes in with a head and is like, I killed this guy. <laughs> I would... <laughs> I would expect that would make your day a little fucked up. This other article says that he had his hands on his head. I see. Like, so, so he, he just... He's like walking so in head in hands. hands. Okay, see, like, that's... Oh what a fucked up way this article... <laughs> head in hands, I mean, after you kill a guy, that could lead you to think a couple of other things, you stupid writer. Axtell from Cook County, Minnesota, had long been suspicious of Scully parking his vehicle at locations where children were present. See, every now and then these people paranoid about pedophiles, they get one that's, they're right, you know? They're like, guy's parking a little weird, you know? I'm going to go see what's going on here. In 2018, Axtell filed an order of protection against the elderly man, which was initially granted, but eventually dropped. Court records also show Scully was committed to a mental institution in 2020, but was later released and prescribed antipsychotic drugs. A criminal complaint filed on Friday said Axtell repeatedly struck Scully with the shovel... Uh, in his own apartment before finishing off, finishing him off with a large moose antler. At some point, he is believed to have smashed Scully's vehicle. So he was bashing him with a shovel. You think that would be enough? And then he was like, you know what? And I don't know where the moose antler would have been located, perhaps on the wall. Perhaps he just grabbed it off the wall and slammed it into his head uh, as one last like, fuck you, you know? Oh, my Lord, what a brutality. But the shovel, I would imagine, did the trick on its own. I think the the moose antlers, they say here at the top it was uh, using a moose antler to slaughter, but it also says shovel, come to think of it. But that's secondary. The shovel did the trick is all I'm saying. The moose antler was for effect. A criminal complaint states Axtell entered Scully's home at around 4.45 p.m. and struck him 15 to 20 times with a shovel. As I said, that's all you need. 
I think game over at that point. <laughs> uh, he had found the shovel on the victim's deck, so he used his own shovel against him. Then he's like, fuck. Uh, Axtell told officers he finished the job with a large moose antler. According to the complaint, a Cook County Sheriff's deputy entered the property at around 5 p.m. on Wednesday and found Scully with major head trauma. Yeah, that's what I would say. Surrounded by blood. Adding he was obviously dead. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Lord. If it wasn't a sex offender, I'd feel bad about laughing. Uh, nevertheless, though, I mean, yeah, that's one of those ones you walk in and the guy's uh, head is just not there. And it's like, yeah, he's dead. A lot of blood around it. Head trauma. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think, again, the antlers were symbolic. He just probably, like, did the whole shovel thing and was like, ah, and doing that whole rage thing where he's getting splashed by blood. And then he sh- threw the shovel down, saw the antlers, and then chucked them onto what was left of the man's skull. And he's a 77-year-old man, so he's fucking, that's a soft. It probably by blow three, let's say, was probably enough to do him in. I think the rest was uh, hyperbolic and superlative a little bit. I mean, I, t- I don't know. That seems like uh, a lot. I'm tr- it's kind of one of those, how many licks does it take to get to the center of the Tootsie Pop? I'd imagine three blows to the head probably had the man done, and the rest was uh, a little extra. So evidently, uh, this gentleman entered a guilty plea and was sentenced to between zero and five years to state prison in Bayport, Minnesota. This is the sex offender, by the way. Uh, Scully was 33 when he was jailed for molesting a six-year-old girl. Uh, also in Minnesota, he did zero to five. I'd imagine the man who bashed his skull in will probably be doing a bit more. He remained in prison until December 31st, 1981, uh, when he was posi- uh, petitioned for post-conviction relief. A document from the hearing declared that the state had not served any evidence he would present a danger to the public. Well, that was back in the 80s, so they were probably like, no, 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 he just molested her. It wasn't that bad. You know, they were all fucking, it was chaos back then. In 2014, he filed as a candidate for mayor of Grand Marias, Minnesota. But by 2018, he was once again facing allegations of sexual misconduct with minors. What is it about these people that want to get into public office? I don't understand. Uh, Is it just so they could hide better in plain sight? They do not know each other. Uh, Axtell wrote in a petition. The respondent waits for a victim to go on walks from daycare and tries to talk to her. He has been there many times stalking children in his van. So the old, he has a van, he's going by the daycare thing. I have seen him parked right next to the school. He is a convicted pedophile, and him stalking and attempting to groom my daughter is completely inappropriate and needs to stop. Well, I would definitely have to agree. And boy, did he make it stop. He made it stop good. And now, unfortunately, though, you're not going to be able to be a father for your child anymore. I mean, what? it's a real tale of the Magi here. Had a lot of those in these last couple of weeks. A permanent order was later denied as uh, the allegations are not proven true, according to uh, you know his defense. Axtell had one criminal record to his name involving felony damage to a property case. Sheriff Pat Eliason said that uh, he's been made aware of the allegations against Scully, but an investigation didn't reveal anything yet. And on Saturday, a woman believed to be Axtell's sister said that she received lots of support from the local community and the family were planning to set up an online fundraiser to help with the case. That's so they can get a good, powerful lawyer in there to come in and make sure that uh, this gentleman gets off as some sort of defense in terms of bashing the skull in. I am overwhelmed by the amount of support I am seeing online right now in light of Wednesday's tragedy, said the sister on Facebook. When a community member is in crisis, we often feel at a loss for how to support them. When words don't feel like enough, it can be easy to err on the side of silence out of desire to respect the privacy of the family involved. I would like to welcome you to share your words in support of Levi and our family. So weird having a GoFundMe for a guy who just maniacally bashed the skull in of an elderly man. Yes, he was he a sex offender? Of course. But I mean, to be so, I mean, I don't know the level of which, obviously, none of us were there. Uh, but if your daughter is safe and this guy is being this way, maybe get the authorities involved. <laughs> I don't know, before you bash the skull in. I'm saying if it gets to that point, then it gets to that point. But let's fucking, come on now. <laughs> we're setting up a GoFundMe for this guy. He's going to, who knows what's going to set him off again, you know? He, 
20 blows to the head with a shovel. Like I said, it's not like this was, uh, it sounds, I don't know. I say they both suck. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers to that. I don't know, man. It's tough. I don't have a kid. What can push a guy over the edge like that? Just the simple, like, you know, he knows he was a pedophile in the 80s. He's had these other allegations, and his van had too close of a proximity. This guy's getting all agitated. There's some mental evaluation that has to go on 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 that end, too. But boy, oh, boy, what a story. And that's what you you just got to make sure if you're going to bash a skull in, use something fun. I mean, at the end of the day, a moose antlers, golly, what a gift from God, you know? That shovel, he should have probably taken five uh, whacks off the shovel count. Use the moose antlers a few more times. He says he finished them off. I, I'm telling you, the shovel did the trick. And that's the lesson for today, folks. If you want to finish a guy off with some moose antlers, chill out on the shovel hitting, you know? Because you're going hey, to blow your load early. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday. Once again, next week we have a wonderful guest. Jeremiah Watkins will be here. Aside from that, I do want to let you know, April 22nd, Bakersfield, California, at the Well Comedy Club. My first time there. I'd love to sell it out, so please to be buying tickets up on my Instagram, at Josh underscore Potter. Twitter, at J underscore Potter. Aside from that, we have May 5th and 6th, Chandler, Arizona at the Mic Drop Comedy Club. Thank you so much to all the roaches out there who gave us great feedback on last week's episode. I hope you continue to enjoy the program and do like, subscribe, share, comment, all of the stuff. It all helps out a great deal. So I love you very much and we will see you next Wednesday here on The Josh Potter Show.